0: Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver. You're listening to Breakaway Wealth Podcast and I am excited for our guest today. Our guest today is an author and a great guy and his name is Brandon Turner. Welcome, Brandon. Hey,
1: Jim. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, Brandon, just real quick before we get into the book, just tell us a little bit about you, where you live, all those kinds of things, uh, what you do.
1: Yeah, sure. I am from central New Hampshire. It's about an hour north of Boston. Um, I'm an author, a personal finance coach, and I also still work a W-2 job. I'm a machinist, been doing that for about nine years now. And on the personal end, I am a husband of a wonderful wife, Tanya. I've been with her for about ten years, and father of two wonderful kids, Jackson, my eight-year-old boy, and Kendall, who is going to be five in a few days. That's
0: awesome, man. Those are great ages. And uh, you know, I one of the insurance and financial firms that i used to represent was based in boston and i used to go to boston i don't know two or three times a year and i love boston i just love that area but when you have those nor'easters and that ice that can form on the streets it's almost <laughs> impossible to walk down the street sometimes there
1: oh the winter's no joke up here that's for sure
0: yeah yeah i i you know i always wonder Cause uh, not that I've uh, spent a lot of winter in South Dakota, but I always wonder what's worse. Cause it's different. You know, we get just the bitter cold, but you guys get some of those, like I said,
1: those storms that are no joke. Yeah. Being on the seacoast, it can really intensify. And and uh, even the weather like predictions and all that, they're yeah. sometimes not that accurate. You kind of have to just prepare for the worst and hope it works out. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, down here in Southwest Florida, they take this weather very seriously, and they'll project when we're going to get into the high 40s or the low 50s, because they want to make sure everybody's okay. <laughs>
1: That's <sounds> terrible. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think the easiest job in the world is the, is the weather person in San Diego, but uh, the people in Southwest Florida, they don't have it, you know, they're not much more challenged than that.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a good problem to have.
0: <laughs> it, is, it is, isn't it? All right, so you're an author. Tell us about your book
1: sure well i cleaned up i'm actually i'm a i'm in addiction recovery okay and i got my act together close to 10 years ago long story short i I grew up in in the poorest town in the state of new hampshire Uh, a lot of poverty and just drugs and stuff around and uh so long story short, I actually kept my my head on pretty straight till I got to college. And uh it could really be boiled down to that I didn't know what my purpose was in life, really, and I kind of went down the wrong path. Uh, was playing division three football, got into the partying a little too much, kinda lost my way, grades slipped before I know it, three years in, I'm dropping out, and uh, really got into the entrepreneurial end of drug use and, and selling and all that stuff and to kind of fast forward through that, it didn't end well. I was looking at uh, uh, a year in jail and I was still doing my thing and, and, and running around and just kind of raising hell and, and not being productive. And they gave me an ultimatum to where I could either go to jail or I could clean up. So that was an easy choice for me. And when I did that, and this is in my book, the very beginning of the book, I was faced with quite a few charges because I hadn't been paying taxes to the IRS. In fact, I hadn't claimed in about four years and I had a mountain of debt and I had no career. I started over with making $13 an hour on nights in a, in a career that I had no experience in whatsoever. IRS is knocking at my door. I'm new to sobriety, which brings its own issues. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't really see a way out. So, to kind of fast forward through all that. And we can unpack, you know, whatever you find uh, what would fit best, but fast forwarding through all that, I paid off all that debt and started investing in real estate and not too long ago was interested into, uh, into the infinite banking concept through my friend, Peter Marston Jr. who, who has a, a policy through you guys. And he recommended me to do the same. And that's what I did.
0: So let me back up. So you grew up poor. I mean, you know, we are on the opposite, probably about as far opposite of where we grew up as you can get in the United States, right? Yeah. I grew up in, uh, on the West Coast in Los Angeles. You grew up in New Hampshire. But when you grow up poor in these poor neighborhoods, you see a lot of drugs. You see the people that have the money are the people that are doing things the wrong way, right? True, yeah. And so you think, well, okay, that's how you make money. Well, it's interesting because our paths were different, but it's hard when you see somebody so close to you, maybe it's the town over or, you know, in LA, it could be three miles away and there are million dollar homes and you're living in poverty three miles from there. And you think, what the hell did I do wrong? And so you're, you're, you're feeling that. And just like everybody, you make mistakes, right? Right. But you're a D1 or D3 football player, so you obviously know how to work hard, know how to do these things to accomplish that. You got some talent, obviously, and playing middle linebacker, right? Yes, sir. Right. And uh, you and I have one thing in common. We have the same favorite number. What's that?
1: 56, best number ever.
0: The 56, right? And we also love Lawrence Taylor, which, you know, we could probably do a whole podcast on Lawrence Taylor. And I used to love watching him play football when I was a kid, man. But when you're middle linebacker, you're really the, you're the, you're the quarterback of the defense. You're the, probably a captain. You're, you're calling different things out for, for the other players. You're, you know, you're running the show, but you have this issue that's kind of gnawing at you and you're making these mistakes and then it just gets out of balance. Is that kind of what I understand?
1: That's exactly it. You know, and, it's easy to get sucked into that. You know, it's going on all around us at not only in poor neighborhoods, but also in, in wealthy neighborhoods where in, it's not uncommon to hear celebrities over and all that too. And so it doesn't discriminate, you know, whether you're, whether you're wealthy or poor or whatever, you know, we all make those mistakes. And I wrote the book as a testament that no matter where you're at, uh, that you can bounce back from it. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what I, what, when I first talked to you, uh, however long ago that was the thing that I liked or that immediately I could tell that you had overcome a lot of adversity. And one of my favorite quotes is adversity introduces a man to himself. So the thing that when I look through your book, I think that that, that quote is perfect for you because it did make you realize that you weren't this, this person making bad decisions. You were really the person making good decisions and that you just got into that bad pattern. And then you said, Hey, Hey, these are the things that I need to do to be successful. And I'm going to start breaking these old habits with new habits. It's something like that. You told me last time we talked, maybe expand
1: on that a little bit. Absolutely. And it's easy to look at things, especially when you have a lot of records that that comes with the, with the addictive path. You know, there's people that you've hurt, and there's, you know, my mindset was that the only person that I'm hurting is myself. Well, I wasn't thinking about my mother and my family and my friends and, you know, the community as a whole. And there comes this like guilt with the past and it's sort of hanging over your head. And there's a lot of introspecting to do. And I love that quote that you had said, uh, that adversity introduces a man to himself. And and that's in the fewest words possible. That's exactly what happens. And it takes a little time to kind of realize that, you know, I'm not this person, you know, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this, but that doesn't define me. And uh, my mentor and probably the godfather of the coaching world, in my opinion, like the modern Jim Rohn, Dan Sullivan. He says, always make your future bigger than your past.
0: Absolutely.
1: Always make your future bigger than your past. And it took me a while to catch on to what exactly he meant by that, but I'm living it now. And I, I just wanted to write that book and just just to show that anybody can do this. Like I'm not special. I'm made of the same stuff as everybody else. And there actually, there are a lot more miraculous stories out there than mine but only so many people choose to come out with it because it's really hard to walk through that fear and and get vulnerable and, and expose yourself to the world like that.
0: Absolutely. You know how you cure fear, don't you? What's that? Action cures fear. Yes, sir. you right. And I've been a Dan Sullivan fan since 1990 or 1992. I think I was 25, 27 years old, somewhere in that range. And I've read most of everything that he's ever written. I've gone to the coaching program. I mean, I'm a, a big fan of Dan Sullivan, one of the smartest guys I've ever talked to. And I don't know if you're familiar with Joe Polish.
1: Yes, sir. Yes. And,
0: right. So he has something in common. He's he's a recovering addict, right? And uh, he talks a lot about that. And he's a pretty inspiring guy as well.
1: Yeah. Genius Network is uh, a great team to follow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, he's right. You know what I, what I really like about people that aren't afraid to say, Hey, I've struggled with this and I'm going to use my experience to help people that are struggling with the same thing. And that's a common message from you and Joe. And, and I, and I really applaud you for that. That's really cool that you're willing to do that and just put yourself out there. So tell us some of the things in the book, let's say that I'm sitting there, whether I'm, you know, I'm sitting in the audience and I just want to get my finances together. And maybe I've really dug myself a hole. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's debt. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's whatever it is. It's an unemployment or a furlough or something. And I don't even know where to begin. You know, tell me about your path or tell me something in the book of what's my first
1: step. Sure. I'm actually putting together a 12-step financial recovery course and I'll expose a little bit of that here. Awesome. Uh, It's not in the book, but from my experience, what I did was I had to make sure that I had a program of recovery that I was maintaining um, because there was no, really no sense in getting back together financially if my internal house was, you know, not in order. So I I definitely encourage people that whatever it is that's working for you with your, your addiction recovery to just keep doing that and that's different for everybody so that would be the first step and two uh there were three or four months where i didn't have a job i was required to do this outpatient program and everybody's in a different position but if you're in a position to where you can't really work you know number two to establish some sort of way to keep income coming in keep that that money coming or flowing towards you right and i think the first thing to do after that would be to take care of anything legal related. You know, for me, that was the IRS, you know, maybe it's alimony or child support or whatever it is, because it's hard to live a a good life in jail. So that that would be the very first one, whatever it is, tax evasion or, you know, anything legal related, just don't get yourself locked up.
0: (laughs) Yep. You know what um, you talk about in the beginning of the book, money and spirituality, Tell me what, uh, what inspired you to write that chapter?
1: It was a book called spiritual economics by Eric. I think buttersworth is his last name Mm -hmm. and it's a Christian based book and he's got Bible quotes in there. And like, I mean, there was so much from that book that I just wanted to dump into that chapter that, I mean, I could have just plagiarized the whole thing. It was so good. (laughs) That's pretty much what I wanted to do. But, um, you know, I had to put things in my own words and, uh, and whatnot, but that book will expand on that chapter uh, exponentially. But I talk about there at the really the root of the whole thing to financial recovery, and that is gratitude. Gratitude, being appreciative, having that abundance mindset and, and replacing that, what about me, scarcity consumer mindset that kind of plagues the addict when they're new to recovery and they're, that's that pattern that we're trying to break, is to get out of that scarcity mindset and get into the abundance mindset, where it's, it's more about service and feeling grateful and appreciative. And and uh, from there, being able to be of, of greater service to the community and the workplace. And that opens up a position to get more money.
0: You know, what's funny about that is, I remember that if you do the gratitude principle, I think that's what the book is called, uh, the Dan Sullivan book, but it got me in the habit of every day writing down things that I'm grateful for. And you write them down in the morning and you write them down in the evening. And I know other people have copied that. Maybe Dan copied it from somebody else. But that's where I heard it. And if you do that for 90 days straight, it is impossible to have a bad attitude. You I know, love that. It, it just, it's that. And I've seen people... I would tell somebody if they were struggling with, you know, depression or being happy or not, you know, not being happy or just being stressed. If you just do that for 90 days straight and you look at those things at the end of the day, all six things that you just wrote down, and I don't care what your wins are. It might be, it might be a small win. There's some days that they're small wins, right? But if you just do that every day for 90 days, it'll change your outlook just immensely. It's just amazing. So another chapter, because I always think that this is something that we deal with that create tailwind quite a bit is money myths, because we we get these things in our head and Tony Robbins talks about these neuro linguistic programs that we get in our head of he uses one that I can still remember today and I've and well, I would say that I've I've had one cigarette in my life in 54 years. So so it's not because of that. I wanted to go buy these things, but he would say that you're programmed. If you said to me, Winston tastes good, then I say like a cigarette should, right? Even though I think cigarettes are gross, but my brain is programmed to say that. So he talks about, and sometimes people want to use the Bible and say, well, money is the root of all evil. Now that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, love of money is the root of all evil. So what are some money myths that you had to overcome to change your state and change your financial, you know, your financial destiny?
1: You actually just said it, that the money is the root of all evil. And I actually believe that for myself, not only coming from a poor neighborhood, but also the fact that I was accruing a lot of money illegally. So when I went broke uh, and I lost all that money and and I'm I'm facing this karmic debt that I've got to repay. It was like, money is bad. That's what was going on in my head. And I, I'm very honest about this in the book that, you know, anybody who's got money, you know, they must've done something crooked or cheated, or they must be up to something to be scamming people or, or something along those lines, because that was my, that was my experience. That was a reflection of me. That's what I did. And I was casting that image out. That's a big NLP thing perception is projection. So yeah. I, was, I, was, I was perceiving that all these people with this money must have done something wrong because that's what I did. I was up to no good to get the money that I had. So letting go of that uh, has really, really, really been helpful. And the more that I get to know people that are doing well financially, I found that the opposite is true because in order to run a big business and to be making a lot of money, you must be serving a lot of people.
0: You know you you bring up something service, and that's one thing again that I've you know thirty one years into helping people grow their wealth is if you just focus on serving people, all the rewards that you would ever want and more come back to you and you know it's the it's the message of the go giver and other books like that that and it's the message of the Bible, right and you know I think it's important that we that we identify the obstacles in our way. And because you brought up Dan Sullivan, I use a tool called the strategy circle. And one of the greatest steps in the strategy circle is the obstacle. In the obstacle, and I, I'm trying to think of how Dan says it, but the obstacle is the answer. And those perceptions that we have in our head, they are roadblocks. All we have to do is remove those, those roadblocks and then what do we get? We get our objective. But figuring out what we want and why the things are in our way, you know, that's, that's simple but not easy. And we like to say on this show, simplicity is elusive. And, and so simple doesn't equal easy. It is hard, but talk about maybe the obstacles you just talked about one. Any other obstacles that you had to remove? I mean, you had, you had quite a few actually. You had this debt and then you had this belief in your mind of what money was. And so how'd you change your whole paradigm? I mean, you changed your complete paradigm.
1: Yeah, I'm a completely different person and and I'm still evolving and uh, you know, like everybody. But uh, I think lastly was how to get that money. I was a workaholic and this is one thing that I really try to instill in the book is that you don't have to be working 12, 14 hours a day to make a comeback, or to build wealth, or to accomplish anything that you're trying to do—in fact, it's almost counterproductive. And I think Dan Sullivan says it best. He says, uh, "You know, 10x is easier than 2x because to double your income or your or your company or whatever, you just end up working twice as hard to really kind of stay in the same spot. You Or no, he says that you have to keep doing what you're doing twice as much to expand your company versus." If you actually knock that workload back and and kind of get tr- uh, strategic about things and let the ideas come through relaxation and, and recuperation and all that, you can delegate some of those things and 10X your business with a good idea.
0: Absolutely. You know, and when you think about your business 10X, it can't be accomplished the way that you were doing it, you know, when you were, you know, one times the you know, the current. So, I mean, you 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 can't 10X your business by working 10 times harder, like you said. You think in your brain that you could work twice as hard, but what I've found is that rest run cycle is absolutely necessary. And when I get myself in trouble, which is, you know, seems to be frequently, because I can get overbooked in my calendar, and then it's just really, it, you know, I, I'm not as good as I am when I'm rested and I look at kind of the way I like to run my calendars, have focus days. And I like those days to be mostly in the morning and I feel like I'm better and I'm more on, on point in the morning. And then the afternoon is that recovery and preparing for the next focus day, more of buffer time. And then when you have free time, whether that's the weekend or, you know, you're going to take a day off during the week is you really have to have free time and not look at your phone and not, answer business calls because somebody's working somewhere 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I learned that by having an electronics company and dealing with people in Asia that if I, you know, I'd be up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, if I were going to be available to those people and, and them available to me, they'd be doing the same thing. It, it just doesn't work. You're going to burn
1: out sooner or later. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me is I would be tired and it would affect my home life and my relationship with uh, my friends and overall my recovery. So it's kind of a myth, you know, the grind and the the hustle. And granted, there's some element to it, but I think it's overemphasized in today's society that you have to work your way to wealth rather than, you know, think your way to it.
0: Right, right. You know, you just brought up something that that I just, you know, would think, and this is just my observation, but I would think it would be really hard to recover from an addiction when you were overwhelmed or tired.
1: Oh my gosh, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head, man. And, and that was a big reason why I wrote the book is uh, it's hard to change habits when your conscious mind is overloaded with stress because your body and your mind are going to go back to that habitual behavior to conserve the energy cost. And I, I think it's just it's uh it's just something that I see a lot in recovery is you know, we have these messes to clean up and or or some of them are, are doing very well and they want to build wealth and they're just going too hard and, and uh and it affects other areas of life. So I I really like the go abundance approach of being a whole life millionaire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So you, did you read a lot when you were when you were recovering, when you're reading this book, obviously you're a Dan Sullivan fan and I know you've quoted Tony Robbins in your book and, you know, are you a reader? You, somebody likes to read every day?
1: Oh my God, for sure. (laughs) I think in the beginning, I actually read too much. You know, I was trying to get this platform together to kind of make some educated decisions with, you know, what to do with my money and which path I wanted to take. And it's a part of the process, but you know, like you had said earlier, the action is more important. You know, I was reading and reading and reading and reading and and got caught up in the knowledge, the trappings of knowledge. And I hadn't really done much yet, but yeah, reading is a huge part of it. And podcasts, uh, breakaway wealth, put your podcast, grab me by the horn and uh, a few others.
0: That's awesome. So let's say somebody's sitting out there, they're recovering, they're trying to get their lives together. And, uh, You know how do they get their hands on the book? I mean,
1: yeah, it's on Amazon. It's available in Kindle format as well as paperback. And I'm working on an audio book in the next few months.
0: Nice. Okay, tell everybody the the title of the book again.
1: Yeah, it's called Personal Finance for People in Addiction Recovery. And I'm not the Brandon Turner from Bigger Pockets. I have to clarify this everywhere I go. (laughs) (laughs) I am not him. I'm a different guy. And uh, I know what's funny is actually. When the book was released, his entire email list was was emailed saying that he uh, had written another book.
0: <laughs> really? Well, that's probably good for book sales, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope so, man. You know, that I'm not him. Uh, different guy.
0: Yeah. So as you're recovering and you're reading all this stuff, what are a few books that, you know, um, that just made a difference to you that was like a light bulb going off that you would like to share or that you'd recommend everybody read?
1: Spiritual Economics by Eric Buttersworth, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, anything by Dan Sullivan. His 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 mindset and his emphasis on personal development um, and the way he relates it to money. It was just something that erased a lot of limiting beliefs uh, in my mind. And Tony Robbins. I think yeah. it was Unleash the Power Within. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah. Yep. Though I'd say those three were. Okay. A well-rounded uh game breaker for me
0: you know what's interesting is i would say when i was in my late 20s which seems like forever ago brandon but i did personal power the first one from the infomercial right And and he talks about taking action and i'll tell you i had to do it like three times i started it three times they were cassette tapes and I had to start it three times before I finished it. And it was because he would tell you, even on the first day, you got to do two things today that you've been putting off. Like, you know, like let's not, let's not ease into this. It's right now. Make that phone call that you've been putting off or make that have that conversation with somebody, do whatever. And so I just I'd get about a weekend and I would be like three assignments behind. And so I'd start over. I'd start over. So then I about three months ago. I just said, I'm going to do it again. And so I got, now it's all on your phone, on an app and everything. And it's personal power too. It's still old by the way, you know, but and the references are kind of old and everything else, but it is so good. And you walk through that. It's really not 30 days by the way, because the last week is review, but it is impactful. You'll end up with a journal that really gives you a path of, you start to see patterns. Here are the, here are the two or three things I got to change. Here are the two, three or three things I got to change. So it tells you, Hey, you know, your brain sooner or later, depending on how fast or slow you are says, Hey, maybe I should change those two or three things, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, and and then every time I do something like that, I get to the other side and I'm wondering why I waited so long. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you're exactly right. Um, there was a guy, Tom Hopkins, he's an old, old sales trainer he he had a book called how to master the art of selling anything and he was just a motivational guy sold 365 houses in one year and I think I believe it was Arizona but it could have been California too but um, one of the things that he said that stuck with me for 30 some years is he said a champion goes back to the basics at least once a year now think about that. So we think, well, I don't have to read Think and Grow Rich again. I don't have to, you know, uh whatever the basic books are. You know, like if you just read the Bible one time and you said, "Okay, I got that down. I don't have to read that again." Right? I mean, how how good would your walk be or how, you know, how uh close would you be? So, you know, I think that that's really good advice. Go back once a year to the basics and whether you're a recovering addict, whether you're struggling with anything, just go back to the blocking and tackling. We used to do that back in football, right? We'd start off the year back to the basics and it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yes, sir. And I love those old, old programs and those old books, you know, think and grow rich, how to win friends and influence people. I review those at least annually. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you know what? you're 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 like me i I cannot get enough dan sullivan because every time i hear him there's something that i take away so i'd encourage people to go out do some research and you will not be sorry if you join his coaching program i mean it's uh it's uh the the best that i've seen out there well brandon we could probably talk all day buddy about this stuff and uh you know you and i like a lot of the same things and we think a lot of the same ways so you know my podcast producer tells me after about 30 minutes, people start to tune out. So I guess we should wrap this up. But I just want to tell you, I really, really appreciate you sharing your story. And I appreciate the information that you've put in the book and what you've shared and you've put yourself out there. And I really admire that about you. So thank you very much for coming on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Jim.
0: All right, everybody, if you want to hear and you want to get this book, go on Amazon. And if you want to learn more about how to break away from the herd financially, uh, mindset, really turn your life from a scarcity to abundance or just grow your abundance, hopefully you're already having abundance, then, you know, go to createtailwind.com. We've got a lot of great resources that we're going to share with you for free. So come to that website, createtailwind.com. Sign up, by the way, just for a free coaching call. I promise you, we're not going to throw you down on the ground and twist your arm behind your back. It's just education is free. So until next time, thank you all for listening and share this podcast with a friend.
1: Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to
0: learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.